What do you think of this space? I think this is really cool. Yeah. I think it's it's really cool. Like it feels cool down here, right? The furniture's cool. It's nice and old school. Old school. Old so cool. Uh it is old school if by old school you mean in a terrifying underground vault in an historic building. Yeah, but no one's ever been murdered down here. I looking at the looking at the basement, I don't know that we can confirm that. But we also can't allege it because No. Yeah. We, we just can we neither just don't confirm know. nor deny that anyone has been killed in this basement. Yeah. I think that's the best we can do. It's the best we can do. Because we are in the brand new homestead recording studio, podcast recording studio, we've, podcast room. We've been we've been lovingly calling it the vault. The vault. Ooh. <laughs> Stunning. <laughs> We are in the uh, Homestead Podcast Vault. You are listening to Ask Adverb, and I'm Adam. And I'm Tyler. And I actually don't know the the last time anyone heard you. Was before my parental leave. Yeah. Because we did the one episode with Jackie and Erica, or they did it. We we had no no part in it. It was nice to not have to do anything. Yeah, and then we uh, had a quieter December and uh, took some time away from the pod. I know your feeds have been lonely. Uh, that, dear listeners. That changes today. That changes today. How? The business boys are back. <laughs> but we've got a business dad. I am a business dad. How has it been? What's the experience like? Oh, boy. Where to begin? I feel like a, a lifetime has passed since November 5th, right? Like, uh, But it's been wonderful. Good. I'm not sleeping a lot. My capacity for work is lower than maybe ever. Um, but in, it's taught me to delegate. It's taught me to manage my time well. And uh, I've been able to spend really, really special time with, with Henry, who's already so much bigger and yeah. brighter and smiling. He rolled over oh, the other day. That's like, a huge milestone, it's right? It's crazy. Yeah. He's two and a half months old, and he just, <laughs> when he's like, let's do tummy time, and he just rolls. She's like, oh, okay, I guess mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's, yeah. uh, I mean, he's not due. When do they start crawling? What's the, what's the timeline? I don't know. I'm just along for the ride. Any day. Any I read day a lot of like, uh, like pregnancy books, but I haven't read any of the like actually being parent <laughs> books. You're just going to wing it. <laughs> I'm kind of just realizing that actually, like I read like four books about like being a, good support system during pregnancy and like yeah all this stuff about pregnancy now that henry's here i'm like oh wing it <laughs> Tip, typical white dude behavior honestly oh my god well yeah, i gotta get on that uh learn some milestones and stuff but uh the doctor tells us he's tracking well so good good well i'm glad to have you back man it was uh it was a weird experience to not have you here. Yeah. Um, you got a nice long break yourself over the holidays after carrying the company for three weeks while I was away. Because I took three weeks of parental leave and a week of part-time yep. kind of work. And then you got a nice long Christmas break. And I felt equally weird not having you around. Yeah. Uh, three weeks is a long time. Hey? It's a long time. But you got you got a heck of a break. And I did. I know you were p- feeling pretty tired after 
doing both our jobs for a month. It was good. You know what? We've got an amazing team. You yes. set us up for success. It was not, it wasn't a huge deal. Other than, other than missing you being around, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. yeah. And I know we chatted a lot about parental leave already in our, in our podcast a few episodes ago, but um, something I'm really, really glad I did. Yeah. Yeah, me yeah. too. And like I said to you, if you need to take more, take more. That's why we started this company, so we'd have that kind of flexibility. I actually think the team might prefer that I take a day off than come in like I did on Tuesday with literally like two hours of sleep and a kind of like insane glint in my eye. Like, oh, yeah. I'm exhausted. Let's change everything. Listener, <laughs> there, like there are some mornings where Tyler walks in and I'm like, hey, buddy, how did you sleep last night? Not well. Yeah. And I know the answer right away. It's quite funny. Yeah. This week alone... Lindsay and I got our bivalent vaccines and then Henry yes. got his vaccines. So there's just been a lot of, a lot of low fevers in the house. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too bad, but uh, glad to hear that everyone's getting their shots. Yes. Um, we're actually going to talk a little bit about the emotional labor of managing social media channels. You've got a family to manage. Yes. There's some emotional lab- labor there, but let's talk about how that works on social, especially for people who have to like respond to uh, followers and clients and stuff on social. Because this came up, we kind of, we think a lot about this. Mm -hmm. Both you and I have a lot of experience managing communities, managing channels, kind of being directly on the ground, the person behind accounts and a long history of doing that. And it's something we do work on when we write strategies what are you what are you going to do when people reply to you on social like what are you going to say to them why why is it important to this brand to watch what people are saying on social yeah uh and we threw that into a conference presentation as kind of a it was a throwaway yeah, it was a throwaway at the end like here's some other things you might want to think about let, let me set the stage yeah, for you yeah yeah set the stage we were at social west in june last year and we gave a presentation on creating great social media strategies using one of our clients, Connect First Credit Union, as an example. And um, it seemed like like we, we talked about like how to structure a strategy, the kinds of thinking you need to do. And there was a section on community management, which was like one slide that we had like a few points on there. And that kind of became a lot of the questions we got afterwards. Yeah. Do you remember kind of what our point was? I think it was mostly about kind of the emotional labor behind it and how um, it's not something that I think a lot of folks who don't have experience in social think about. Mm-hmm. But I think it's something that's very obvious to people who have experience in social. Yes. Uh, just how draining it, it can be to open up your monitoring software or see notifications on your phone, how challenging it can be to work really hard on a post and kind of just see a bunch of racist drivel come in at the end of it and increasingly the real abusive behavior that's always been there but I think we can all acknowledge has taken a significant upturn I mean look at the conversation we had with uh with Casey from Moretto Labs yeah yeah I mean that's huge and I think the questions from the audience started to veer towards psychological safety for the manager of the channel yeah and what we sort of concluded we, we spoke to this person afterwards we shared some of our experiences managing channels and some of the strategies we use to make sure that teams are okay doing this kind of labor and I think at the end of it we were like this should be a 
this should be a whole other conference presentation. Yeah, this is something people, this is something nobody's talking about. Yeah. But everyone knows we need to talk about. The, the only place it gets talked about is on, uh, I work in social. Yeah. <laughs> but work in like, in social they said. Yeah, but like in like an ironic, <laughs> funny way. Totally, we're all just yeah. like beating ourselves up. So. <laughs> <laughs> the one I sent earlier this week that says, so I didn't do this because it, I don't do this because it's easy. I do this because I thought it was going to be easy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and how wrong we were, dear oh my listener. God. I, I, it, it really makes you um, feel for the call center people who've been dealing with this kind of nonsense for their entire careers. Absolutely. And we land in social and we're like, oh, this is what it's like. It's an odd intersection because uh, companies for a long time have had a marketing department and a customer service department. Now, never the two an, shall meet. And this is our, you know, our sort of line about social all the time is social is everything. Mm -hmm. Social is marketing and comms and customer service and operations. And operations and. It's it's everything. It's the digital face of your organization in many ways. Yeah. So so this conversation at Social West wound up turning into a presentation that I gave because you were about to give birth. Sorry, your wife was about to give birth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You went to Halifax for Social East. Yeah. Uh, and I am glad I didn't went because Lin or didn't go because Lindsay did have the baby. <laughs> Uh, that Saturday. While you were, were you back in Edmonton by the time we had Henry? Well, I, I think mean, you were still in Halifax. The conference was over, but I stayed an exactly. extra like three days there. So, yeah. So, um, yeah. Because we really thought, and, and actually Lindsay was very, very permissive. Like, you should go one last run. I was like, I just think... Like the doctor can only say, wow, that's such a big baby for how small you are <laughs> so many times before we have to start to listen and imagine this baby's coming a little early. So yeah. Yeah. Glad, uh, glad we read the tea leaves on that one. You, you needed to be, uh, your own support group for your wife. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, so I gave this talk in social East. Uh, it was just a, a, you know, 30 minute talk called the social media support group and talked about, you know, the expectations that brands seem to have of, of social media managers and, and the challenges that those folks face. We, I went through a couple of case studies, um, experiences mostly that you and me, Tyler, have had working for brands like the Amarjeet Sohi for Mayor campaign and at ATB Financial managing social channels and some of the strategies that we used. The most interest, the, the one that I think the crowd found the most interesting was for Mayor Sohi, yeah. he's uh, he's a uh, he's from India, you know he's a he's a brown guy. He's got a thick accent, and you can imagine someone running for a political office this day and age, the kind of shitty, racist, awful comments the social team was getting. And you had a you had sort of a unique approach to who managed those social channels that I'd love for you to talk about. Yeah, we had. We, we did some cool things with social in that campaign, like uh, having a dedicated a team dedicated to responding who were sort of dotted line towards issues management, direct line to me as director of digital strategy. So really empowered to solve and run with issues that came up on social, uh, especially because most of our issues came up on social. Yeah. And uh, I think what was really... A uh, unique strategy there was we 
we uh, that team uh, was all uh, white. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we essentially used privilege to like shield other members of the campaign from what we were seeing on social because while these four people and myself I managed to read a lot of comments myself I spent a lot of time in that but uh while while what we read was really hard uh and we had some strategies for dealing with it it wasn't directly about us that one layer of remove Mm -hmm. just allowed us to protect and be just that one percent more objective uh and stay on our message strategy not get knocked off it yeah uh and i think yeah um maybe you can say it more eloquently than i am but i think that was really powerful and i think it gave that team this sense of purpose and responsibility like i am this is hard every day Mm -hmm. i'm doing it for a reason i'm doing it to protect my teammates i'm doing it to uh to build the kind of tone we're trying to set a positive aspirational tone instead of you know getting sucked into these kind of really nasty conversations yeah and and i think like right away we could see the people of color working on the campaign anytime they were exposed to that stuff they just had a different reaction to it than of course right like so but you don't think about that yeah you know and and actually when i told the audience in halifax this was something we did there was like kind of almost gasps like oh my god you you made the people of color go away from social management but it was to protect them it was to use privilege for good right and i I thought that was really cool and i'm sure there's a lengthy debate about you know, I hope that was the right call to make. I think that it was, I think it was, I think it was. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that we did is because my portfolio in that campaign was more than just social, right? I ran, uh, I I keep trying to list the things I ran. I can't remember all of them, but things like the website, the newsletter, everything digital. Yeah. A lot of digital. So social was like a big part of my day, but not everything. Um, but I think because I had so much experience with social, I could lead that team in a way that acknowledged that emotional burden. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't just, yeah, read these comments. It was, here's the right software. Here's the strategy. Here's the connection to the right people so that you don't just read them. You can do something about them and you know which ones to do something about. Um, there was like an evolving Google doc of like, this is how we're going to be replying to things. So we had consistency no matter what, but also I could build a culture for that team of supporting each other. They yes. could take breaks. They were, they had, we had a separate chat that was just about like, I need someone to talk me up and cheer me up. Cause I read this horrible thing. Like I want to, I want to rant about this one. Like just building in those, that, that community, that feel that, that support, uh, that social media support group, if you will. Um, it, it really helped. And I know it helped the team to be able to say like, I, I got to take a few days away from this. It's really wearing on me. I or I have you know what I'm good I'll take that time from you we had we really built this positive team that was there to support each other yeah and therefore could project so much like energy to the rest of the team like we we got this you don't have to worry about this you don't have to read how awful it is out there we've got it it actually felt like in hindsight like just hearing you talk about it now the formalization of our approach to social media management when we were at ATB. Yeah. Because we did similar things. There was, 
far less of like a, a racist bent to so every now and again but every now and again or like <laughs> discriminatory if we were supporting pride or something like that yeah but we had tw- a dozen people available to us we created a schedule for managing social interactions we provided a forum for people to vent to uh to team build that sort of thing and i think it was the beginning of implementing these ideas around dealing with the emotional labor of social media management. Yeah. 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 So like, I think, I think a lot of, especially like small and medium businesses, they're like, we know we need a social presence. We figure one or two people can manage it. And it's often not enough people. Yeah. Especially if you're a customer facing organization, you know? I agree. I think it's fair for a customer to expect now that they can get customer service by uh, connecting with you on social. Yeah. Like it's been the norm for, for so long now um, that I think uh, most customers will be disappointed that you don't reply to their comments. Because um, social is often the easiest place to talk to a brand. Mm-hmm. Your ads are already in their feed and there's a comment button underneath them. Why wouldn't they send you that question they have or you know tell everyone else about the the good or bad experience they had with you right so staying on top of those comments even for a a small or medium-sized business uh it's just pragmatic even if it's not where you're trying to direct people it's where they're going to go and a large part of good social strategy is just acknowledging we need to find the intersection between where our customers want to talk to us and where we want to talk to them and uh, and kind of meet them where they're at. Yeah, and, and one of the big reasons this becomes an important issue is because of a conversation we were having with the, the women from Moretto Labs. Um, there's this case in New Zealand of COVID experts taking legal action against their employers who were encouraging them to share information about COVID treatments, vaccines, anything about the disease online but not protecting them from the abuse they were suffering. That is so, interesting. So there are legal risks to organizations that have social presences to not protecting their employees now. Yeah. We're starting to see some of this stuff. So so it was it was great to be in Halifax to talk about this stuff. I got a ton of great feedback on the idea of the the talk. And actually Kevin Parent from Ottawa Public Health. Mm, shout s- out. Love Kevin. Love that dude. He suggested, you know, if you do other conferences with Mike, uh, like all the other social West, East Pacific, whatever. What if you actually set up a one hour session that's not in like a big theater where you invite people to, to sort of sit down and vent and yeah, yeah. share their experience of, of the social, social media support group. So we might do that at social Pacific, depending on how <laughs> nuts things are. Like um, a literal support group, right? Yeah. Like, like come together. Hi, I'm Tyler. It's been 20 days since my last, like, since I read a racist comment on Twitter. 20 days is a long time. It's been 20 minutes since I read a racist <laughs> comment on Twitter. The the way that we, I... All our timelines are pre-Musk. The way, so, exactly. We have to update this presentation. But one of the things that, uh, that I did in this presentation was I started it off, like, a little bit like it was AA. Right? Yeah. Which, I mean, not to make fun of Alcoholics Anonymous, I think it's amazing, but... Uh, uh, one of the things I said was, you know, hello, my name is Adam. Everyone said, hi, Adam. And then I said, it's been five days since I was asked to make something go viral. 
because that's the other side of it, right? If oftentimes if you're managing these channels, you're also creating content for these channels. Totally. So that's that's tough. But um, the what this turned into was an idea that you and I had together, which was to create. We had so much fun with our team at ATB in our little Slack community that we created that we launched a Discord server for social media professionals. And, and we're sort of in a beta right now with this thing. Yeah. It's really straightforward. We've invited a few of uh, folks that we know in the industry. And every day we curate like a main question. And it's just a place for people to gather and, and chat about the the highs and lows of managing social for clients. Yeah. So uh, we, we launched that earlier this week. And if anyone's listening and they want, they're interested in being a part of it, send an email to hello at adverbcoms.com and just let us know, like, I'd love to join the social media support group. And yeah, totally. We'll send you a link. Yeah, it's a Discord server right now. There's a handful of folks in there just starting to test the waters. But yeah. Even if it stays small, it's going to be, I think, a, a fun little community to be a part of. It, it's already cool how, like, I'll, I try and post a question each morning, and you and I will sort of trade off on doing this, but people are actually responding to them. Yeah. It's what was amazing. your question this morning? My question this morning was, uh, let me just scroll up here. Let's see. Um, what do you do to switch off entirely from social media? Are you even able to? Yeah. And one of the common responses this morning has from people has been, I disable notifications. Yeah. 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 Do you do that? I actually didn't used to do it, but now none of my social media channels send me a notification. Literally since before I came to ATB, I had every social notification off on my phone mm-hmm. um, because I, I check it. <laughs> I check it when I'm working. I check it, checked it in the evenings and weekends when I had to and uh, and all the comments are still there. <laughs> and yeah. then I usually have a, vo- like we'll often put in our strategies, put a, like a volume notification, like, yes. Hey, you, you just got a thousand percent more tweets. <laughs> Maybe something's going on. But what I always found was, um, social is so public that all the, f- all the looky loos are already going <laughs> to fricking send you a text whenever something goes off. It's so true. why should I like great Sounds like we've crowdsourced the early warning system. Like, send me, I'm already going to get 300 texts when we get a negative, like, Google review. So, it's crazy. Might as well just sit back and let it come in, you know? My entire fucking career has been like someone being like, hey, did you see this? And it's like, yeah, literally, it's my job. (laughs) I do think increasingly, like, this, you were saying it's hard to publish and manage. Yeah. And I think that separation, we've started to experiment with it in some of our strategies. I mentioned we did it on the Amarjeet Soe campaign. Mm -hmm. I think that is like the future. Me too. Because I think there's cross skill sets, like if you're a creator who's great at TikToks, you're a videographer and a writer and a social like publisher, right? Content creator. And it's so different from like, someone who has a ton of customer service experience, if they skilled up in social could become this like great community manager. And, you know, increasingly you can just integrate social into Salesforce and make it part of your customer service team. Like there's these cross skill sets that are so far apart from each other. Like picture that customer service executive or like, um, 
expert and now picture your 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 best TikTok creator. Like, did you just picture the same person? Like, exactly. why are we asking people to be all of these things? How do they have time to be good at them? I know that's a whole other talk that we've given at a conference before, but yeah. I think that's the future is having people who are dedicated and have strategies and resources and like resilience and um, you know a supportive environment to be good at customer service because when you nail it when you're like, wow, you know, you can still wow people. 100%. I think people have gotten so used to being disappointed on social that they start conversations like no one's ever going to read this or this is going to be useless. They start conversations at 11. At 11 instead yeah. of two, right? Yeah. Like a Marshall amp. It's true. And it's, it's, it's weird how like social media is 15, 20 years old now, which is crazy to think about. Um, and like any discipline will develop specializations, but we, like the general public, even marketers and communicators that we've worked with, it's never occurred to them that there's a need for specialization in the category. Absolutely. And there absolutely is. But, you know, I think with the case study we talked through on the campaign, when we had people who had the resources to actually make a difference, mm -hmm. the support structure to like, feel good and take breaks and like acknowledge how hard they were working um even just as simple as like our recognition program in that campaign like when oh, yeah. they had a tough day everyone else on the comms team knew about it and could support them and send them coffees and like yeah uh it was a beautiful thing right awesome. so when when you can build that expertise around social you it's it can differentiate your brand hugely you know? hugely yeah and i think like there, there was a moment in at the genesis of social media w when channels like Twitter and Facebook became mainstream where there was particular attention paid to that, but it's totally fallen off. Yeah. It's like we companies don't seem to care about it that much anymore. Yeah. Not, not all... Not all of them are like that, but uh, the shitty ones are. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's not a shitty company, Tyler? Oh, boy. I bet that it is... Our friends in the Highlands. In the Highlands, yes. Of Highland, Edmonton. At Highlands Liquor. At Highlands Liquor. Oh, those are some good fellas and fellas and dames over there. <laughs> <laughs> those are good people. Great people. I don't know all of them, but they haven't shown themselves to be bad people. <laughs> That's and good. in the in the absence of being bad people, they must be neutral to good. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's the way it works on social. That's the way it works. Yeah, it's in... like an alignment chart in Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I don't think any of them are like evil. I think most of them are neutral and good. Yeah, they could be like chaotic good, lawful good. Mostly, I've seen chaotic lawful neutral, good, lawful neutral. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um... <laughs> like, how, how is that guy who sold you the beer lawful neutral? Yeah. <laughs> but if it was Mike, it's chaotic good. Yeah. Uh, amazing selection of. Beers, wines, spirits, non-alcoholic beverages. Yes, which Lindsay and I enjoyed many of in our uh, time of temperance before Henry came. <laughs> time of temperance. <laughs> we, we haven't had a chance to get out to uh, Highlands to pick up uh, the latest box of recommendations from Mike, but we'll do the that The latest soon. Nate box of recommendations. <laughs> uh, you guys can have that one. You're welcome. <laughs> Nate's box. <laughs> Nate's box. Oh I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he's already thought of that. Let's get back on track here. So Highlands Liquor. Yeah. 
they are a store that <laughs> sells liquor in the Highlands. Yes. And uh, they're, they're fine people or neutral people. Cool. I think I'm summarizing and repackaging what I've already said. I'm floundering here. Great, great, su- out of those. great supporters of our podcast. Yes, they are. You can find them online at highlandsliquor.ca and uh, on 112th Avenue and 69th Street in Edmonton. Hey-o. Hey-o. Nice. Oh, wait, 65th Street. Anyway. Damn it. <laughs> we, almost, we need you guys to move. We almost got four it. Four blocks down. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't you rather live on 69th Street? <laughs> Anyhow, uh, thanks for your support, uh, Highlands, and uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for doing this podcast, Tyler. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> it's like our own little support group here. It is our own little support group. So, if you are interested in joining the support group, send us an email, hello at adverbcoms.com. And we're back on the podcast wagon Big time. every two weeks coming at you, not live, but you know, live off the floor. Yeah. Uh, live, from, live to tape. Live to tape yeah. from the Homestead vault uh, in the terrifying, creepy basement of Homestead Coworking. Come visit us. Come visit us.